0: So to be honest with you, uh, I like to plan, and this series was like the first time in our little less than two years of existence as a church that I went into a series without knowing like exactly the plan, and it drove me crazy um, in, in a good way. It drove, me, it drove me to Christ. It drove me to rely on him, and as we went through kind of week by week, I saw this theme emerge because there's a lot of different ways to talk about training for godliness, but the, the theme that I believe the Lord Jesus has led us into as we've gone through this series uh, and as we've kind of stumbled through it one week after the next, you know, without having a definitive plan, is, is this. It's, it's the theme of vision, the vision for our lives, the vision that the Lord Jesus has for our lives as his students, as his apprentices, as his disciples He has an incredible vision that he's offering each one of us for our lives, and until we capture that vision, until we own that vision, we won't ever make choices. We won't ever exercise our will, our intention to move in that certain direction. We, this is a phrase that I've said a lot in the last couple months: is you do whatever seems good to you. We all move towards whatever seems good to us. So, if you decided to go to college or if you decided to not go to college, you did it because at the time that, that just seemed best to you. right? If, if you're leaving a job or if you're thinking about leaving a job right now to take another one, you're, you're working through a decision of what seems best to you. Uh, you get engaged versus continuing dating. That's, that's a decision of what seems best to you. So we, this is the way that we live, okay? This is just the way that we live all the time. So our vision, our vision impacts our intention, and our intention is carried out through means. So we saw this uh, a few weeks ago. This is Dallas Willard's uh, model of spiritual formation. I, I added images to it because what he, what Willard says is we have to have all three. We can't just believe that God has a good, a good plan for our lives. We actually have to want it and have the intention, and we actually have to know, okay, so what do I do next? If I want that, what do I do next? How do I practically move towards it? So most of our series, we've really focused on vision because if we are ravished by a vision of the kingdom of God, of life with God, then we will actually want what we should want. But if we don't have the right vision, then we could know everything there is to know about the means, but we'll never move towards them because it doesn't seem good to us. Here's another model that we looked at in this series. Uh, We've looked at this a a number of times over the last year and a half, year and three quarters together. And this model basically just shows us what salvation is. It it is justification, it's sanctification, it's glorification. And we've talked about all those words in in this series, so I can't expound on it today. But if you see that little dotted circle in the sanctification part, that blue line, um, we can zoom in on that in the next slide. And, and that's, the gr- that's the data of that little circle enlarged. Um, this is what it looks like to move up and to the right. To, to, to train for godliness means to make progress, to grow deeper in our love relationship with the Lord. And, and it's just an up and down process for all of us. For me, for you, I mean, uh, the only person who never had any downs was Jesus. So we're, we're, he, he's our master trainer, but the rest of us, we're... we're we're learning how to move up and to the right, and it's just an up and down process. That's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. When we sin, when we miss the mark, we confess it, we change our mind, and we believe what the good life is again. We, we get reoriented to who God is and what the truly good life is. So all that to say we need vision. We absolutely need vision, and our vision, our, our vision of what God is like and what he's inviting us into, we we leak, we leak that kind of vision. So we have to know how do we practically move towards it? How do we refill our vision bucket? Because if we really want it, we will come to the question, how do we do this practically? And so that's what I want to talk about today. And the short answer is, uh, the, the means of spiritual formation is, is acquired through spiritual disciplines. That's, that's the short answer, but that's really not that helpful because spiritual disciplines is a very broad topic. So first, here's what we're going to do. Define disciplines. I'm going to give you some examples. Then we're going to spend all of our time today really looking at one, I would argue, one of the primary disciplines, one of the easiest to start, which is prayer. So we're going to First talk about disciplines and then really uh, talk about prayer and then spend some time at the end of the message, five, ten minutes, we're just going to pray. So um, that's where we're going. So here's what Dallas Willard, here's how he defines discipline. Disciplines are activities within our power that enable us to accomplish something that we can't do by direct effort. Because when we Practice these disciplines, we meet God's grace in us. We meet along, we're joining in with the actions of God. So, what he's saying is, we develop heart engaging habits. The effect of discipline is to enable us to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. It's training. So, whether or not you train, whether or not you have intention, to practice these things, we're all going to be trained. We're all developing heart-engaging habits all the time. So, so take a look at yourself today. Journals are helpful for this. They, they take a look at who you are today. And take, even take a look around this room because what we are today will not be what we are tomorrow. We're all moving in a certain direction all the time and and the encouraging thing the 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 hopeful thing with that is we have an incredible opportunity to experience god from point a to point b we have an opportunity to play quite a role in that change process either for good or for ill so so here are some Here's a list, just a few spiritual disciplines just to kind of whet your appetite. I can't, I can't touch on all these today, but I did want to provide you a, a list uh, so that when you hear these things, you know, okay, that, that's a spiritual discipline. Silence, intentionally being quiet with God. It, it's a discipline. It's a discipline to hold your tongue. Solitude is another great discipline. This is just being alone with God. None of these things happen on their own. You have to make time. And, and you have to intentionally say, I'm going to spend this time alone with God. Fasting is giving something up in order to feast on God. Sometimes it's food, sometimes it's other things. But fasting is a discipline. Bible intake is a discipline. Whether you study scripture, memorize scripture, or meditate on scripture, that's a spiritual discipline. Celebration is a discipline. Last night I was at a party celebrating a man and his life and his accomplishments and that party didn't just come together. It was intentionally set up in order to celebrate. Celebration is a very important discipline. So those are just examples. But I, I, I want to give you an, exam, an example of those because disciplines are never the end. They're, they're the means, right? Vision, intention, means. Disciplines are means. And Uh, this is kind of a self-deprecating story, but about five years ago, one of my close friends asked me, Ben, what do you want to, what kind of man do you want to be in like 30 years? You know, what, what do you want your life to look like? And honestly, I mean, I just, on a whim, my answer was, I want to be a man who exercises all the disciplines, you know, (sighs) spiritual giant, all the disciplines are in my life on a regular basis. That, that was my instinctive answer. Um, And it might sound impressive, it might sound good, but it's really a a long ways off. Um, That's making the means into the vision. You know, uh, That's like having the goal of going to the gym five days a week, but you go to the gym five days a week and you don't even get one day of exercise in. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) You can do all the disciplines, like those five I listed and more. You could do all of them and be miserable yourself and be a miserable person to be around, okay? There means. We gotta have the right vision. So a better goal, a better goal would to become a man who's so convinced of God's goodness that I would do whatever it takes to, just to take the next step in my relationship with him. I will do whatever it takes. That, that is a much better vision of who I wanna be in 30 years, if it if, you know if it's fasting for a season or fasting as a regular part then great. But I want to do whatever it takes. I want to utilize whatever means it takes in order to grow in love relationship. That's the point of all the training. So, now it's time to just focus on one discipline and the one we're going to focus on is prayer. Prayer is talking with God about what you're thinking and what you're doing together. It's co—it's working together with God. It's co-laboring. And so, prayer—the—the the reason I want to do this one is, I'd have a really hard time picturing doing any of the dis—other disciplines, fasting, Bible intake—I'd have a hard time picturing doing any of those well, if you don't have prayer saturated throughout those other disciplines. So, so, so let's just talk about prayer for just a little bit. Uh, anybody can pray if you're here. For At church today for the first time in like you know 10 years or 20 years or if this is the first time you ever come to church the first time you're ever seeking God you can pray anybody can pray and something else that's sorry I just was thinking about prayer something else that's really interesting is most people even if they don't believe in Jesus or follow him they appreciate it if you say to them hey, can I pray for you about that thing that you just shared, that, that hardship? But people appreciate prayer. Um, but get this, lots of spiritual people, like older Christians, um, even some of my friends who, who I really respect their walk with God, they have told me, and, and surveys have backed this up too, but personal experience, they've shown that it's difficult. Like, we, we just don't pray that much. Um, so, so people accept prayer. Uh, prayer is available to anybody, but for some reason, um, uh, we find it kind of hard, uh, or unnatural. Um, and Dallas Willard says prayer is a power sharing device. Really like that. Prayer is a power sharing device. And so maybe prayer is hard for you. I know it's been hard for me because I don't want to share the power, or I don't think I need any more power. Prayer is by nature a power-sharing device. And another great, uh, recently deceased theologian, R.C. Sproul, says, prayer changes things, all kinds of things, but the most important thing it changes is us. So, if we really want to change, if we really want to train for godliness, um, Prayer has to be part of our vision and part of our steps toward the vision that God has for our lives. Uh, So today we're going to look at Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. Paul writes, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about those things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. So we're going to do a quick flyover of this passage uh, because we want to save time to pray. Um, And we're just going to look at four ways to make the most of your prayers. God isn't going to like judge your prayers and think, oh, Jordan's prayer is is better than Bill's prayer over here, so I'm really going to listen to Jordan's. God listens to all of them, but we do need to learn how to pray. We do need to learn how to pray how to talk to someone. It's, it's something that you can best learn through experience. So here's, here's four ways to make the most of your prayers. The first way is rejoice, always. Verse four, rejoice in the Lord always. And always actually means all the time. It means you acknowledge the goodness of God in your prayer. And you can do this while you feel crummy, Even while you doubt the goodness of God, the psalmist is a great example of that. Things are terrible, God. Where are you? Okay, I know you're good, but where are you? He's still acknowledging the goodness of God. Praying like this, it's a discipline. Again, it's something that you can choose to do. You can choose to say and choose to wrap your mind or try to wrap your mind around the goodness of God that's in your power to do. And so even if you have obstacles with that, that's okay because God is happy to have conversation with you about your obstacles. And, and I think there's a promise here in all of these. If you do this, if you choose to rejoice in the Lord always, you will experience a deeper love relationship. You'll see a God who provides gladness no matter what else is going on. The, the second way I see in this passage to make the most of your prayer is to, to know the nearness of God. Verse five says, let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. I think those two sentences are very connected. If you're talking to God in a way that acknowledges his closeness versus you're talking to God because you think it's good to do and you're, you feel like your words are just drifting off into the air, if you acknowledge God's closeness, it will change the way you interact with people. You will become more gentle because you're aware of how gentle God is being with you. The, the third way to make the most of your prayer is always pray honestly and thankfully. So look at verse 6. Paul says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, that's always, and by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, he's, he's saying, pray honestly, present your request to God, but also pray thankfully. And so if you find yourself getting anxious, it's time to reframe the problem. The thing that's causing your anxiety, whether it's work or relationships or uncertainty about the future, is that, is that worth missing out on deeper love relationship with God? You can be honest with God about that and you can be thankful at the same time. You can experience God in the midst of the tension, in the midst of the difficulty. This is an invitation, Philippians 4, 6. An invitation to experience the peace of God. And the fourth and final way to make the most of your prayer is is thinking well and acting accordingly. Uh, it, It always makes me smile when I hear people uh, oppose faith and intelligence, or you know, sometimes it's faith and science, but it's like, oh, faith if you have faith, then that means you're not thinking. <laughs> it, it always makes me smile because it's, it couldn't be further from the truth. And, and here, Paul says, Think well, think about what you're thinking, and act accordingly to what you think and to what you believe is really real. And as you do that, again, you'll experience God. The peace of God will be with you. So, we rejoice. We get a better sense of how good God is, how near he is, how much we have to be thankful for. And we have to make these choices in our prayer in order to do that. We have to make a choice to pray. And I think as we pray and as we train in praying Progress comes. Uh, this, this progress, uh, this type of developing a deeper love relationship with God, it just doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen from really well-played music. It really doesn't happen from good speaking either. It takes training, intelligent effort on your part. Intentional repetitions, like saying the same verse over and over and over for weeks on end. It takes training like surrounding yourself with other people who have this same end in mind, who can help you, who want to help you. And we have to have a vision of the future, knowing that who we are today is not who we're gonna be tomorrow. We're all gonna be different. We're all gonna change. Are we playing our role towards that end? And so my parting shot, before we have a time of prayer, I just want you to know, I really believe this, the most important thing you can do, uh, if you're invested in this church, either as a member or regular attender, or even if you're like kind of looking for a church home, the most important thing you can do in your life, not just for the church, but holistically, spend time cultivating a deeper, Love relationship with God. That is the most important thing you can do because training for godliness has value for all things. For your parenting, for your grandparenting, for your work, for your leisure. Training for godliness has value for all things. For your marriage, for your friendships, for having fun. Training for godliness has value for all things. So that is the most important thing you can do. And the reason we do it is because we want deeper love relationship with this good, good God who offers us this good, good, full and abundant life. So I'm going to give us five to ten minutes uh, to engage God in silent prayer. And the passage will be on the screen. Um, You can use that as a guide. To rejoice, to just focus on god 's nearness, uh, to pray honestly, thankfully, and to thank well and to act according to your thanking well so i 'm going to be silent and and let you talk to God silently, Daddy, thank you that you're so good. Um. You're so good to us and and you invite us to pray without ceasing <laughs> the only uh The only way we'll ever make progress towards that is if we really believe and really see uh, ongoing prayer as we work, as we sing, uh, even as we conversate with people uh, unless we see ongoing prayer as a really good thing. Um, we, we won't make progress towards it. So thanks for this time to sit with you in silence and uh, yeah, just pour out our hearts. I pray that, um, pray that we would be ravished by a vision of life with you. That we would want to talk with you And we train so that (laughs) when things go well, when things go poorly, when things are normal and numb, uh, our first reaction would be to talk with you about them. Thank you for being a patient and excellent teacher, Lord Jesus.